Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast dedicated to our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Man, there was a bear bear, all black and brown and covered in hair. everyone i'm kama and you can find me at oxford splice on twitter and today we're going to be covering davos 2 of a clash of kings and i am joined by clotho hi i'm clotho you can find me at clotho spindle on twitter and guile hi i'm guile and you can find me at door podcast on twitter um as always we spoil everything i don't know if it'll come up but rape violence the usual stuff um Okay, I this this is a fairly nice chunk of a chapter, and I'm I've sort of divided it into three parts. Um, we start with Davos, Stannis, and a bunch of lords who I'm not going to name all of them, but they're basically Estremonts, Fossaways, Florence, and there's a bunch of others, and they're at the gates of Storm's End. Um, Stannis looks like hell. And we learn through courtesy of young Devin Seaworth, who is Stannis' squire, um, that Stannis has been suffering from nightmares since uh, Renly's death. And also that, um, well, Mel is there to soothe him. So I'm guessing that means she's sleeping with him. Um, We also learn that Devin is a worshiper of the Red God as well as a bunch of these other people. Um, Stannis wants... Basically, he wants Storm's End, and he wants Edric Storm. And Sir Courtney Penrose, who's, I want to say, the Castellan, um, but is basically holding Storm's End, uh, refuses. Um, I think because he suspects they mean to harm Edric. Um, he does not acknowledge Stannis as king. He also worships the faith of the Seven, so there's that going on. And he does not believe Renly is dead, he wants to know where this was a nice surprise for me because like there's this whole passage where he's demanding to know where's Loris, where's Randall, where are all these people? And then he says, where is Brienne of Tarth? I ask you. And I was like, yes, they talk about, they talk about our girl. Yeah. Um, and oh God, the names here, uh, someone named Sir Guyard Morgan. Um, shares that Brienne killed Renly and, and Sir Courtney like will not believe that at all and, and says so emphatically. Um, he knows Brienne from when she was a child and he knows that she adored Renly and he will not believe that she could have killed Renly. Um, and everything gets really heated and he's willing, he basically makes the offer. He's willing, like Stannis is willing to pardon them all. And which for him is, and he doesn't want body parts in exchange either, which is pretty good. Uh, but Sir Courtney is not having any of this. He's willing to do combat with Stannis or with their champions. And a bunch of the men are like really excited by this idea. Um, but Stannis nixes that. He feels he's got the men, he's got the position, he's going to take the castle by force if he has to, but if he does that, there's no mercy, they're all going to hang. And um, Sir Courtney, who I gotta say is kind of awesome, um, yeah. says, as the, as the gods will it, bring on your storm, my lord, and recall, if you do, the name of this castle. 
Um, Isn't it funny when we think of another, like, just compare the scenario of Stannis and Courtney Penrose here to um, Jamie and um, the Blackfish. And, you know, like the same offer of, you know, the same offer of single combat, basically like, haha. But then, you know, how those sieges were ended and then, you know, all of the disrespect Jamie gets versus kind of the fandom, like, oh, Stannis, when it's like, which one of them did something super shitty? <laughs> like, yeah. not Jamie. But anyway, um, it was just an interesting contrast to that scene that we see in Feast. Yeah. I, I, there's a lot going on. Like, I forgot, totally forgot about this stuff about Brienne. Yeah. Yeah. There's a good bit in there, too. That she must have been at Storm, you know, she was at Storm's End long enough to make quite, you know, make, definitely make an impression on Sir Courtney here. Well, and then, and then he... just. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Oh, just was thinking, you know, oh, and we see Bryce Karen, who, you know, presumably was related to her first fiance, too. So it's always kind of fun to see those names pop up. And I, I think also it's it's a, like a lot of times the people who do know Brienne are very dismissive of her and Sir Courtney is not. I mean, well, it's funny because I feel like the people that really know Brienne are like her total champions eventually. Like, yeah. you know, Cat, Jamie, Pod. I mean, Heil like, turns into like the, <laughs> you know, the Brienne stan as well. So our girl uh, wins them over. <laughs> That's like the first third. Um, I don't know if we have anything else on that. It's just, um, you know, again, I think, um, you know, it's, it's interesting because we see, you know, we, we get a little bit of Davos' insecurity, I think, throughout this chapter of, you know, his place amongst these lords and stuff. But it's another one of those where, you know, the le- the lesser men, because you know, Courtney Penrose is a knight, but he's just, you know, he's the castle in and everything. And, you know, Davos is the, you know, the Onion Knight, but like their honor and their behavior in contrast to all of these, you know, highfalutin boards, whatever. And then I just think it's funny that Stannis's grandpa is here. <laughs> like, it's just so weird to think of Stannis having a grandpa. <sighs> oh, that's so that's yeah. right. Uh, all right. So. Second, third, the lords are all ready to let's go in, let's take the place. And Stannis is like, no, he wants to talk to Davos. So he and Melisandre go off together with him. And they're, I think this is one of these chapters where you really get a sense of who Davos is. Um, Stannis wants his opinion on Courtney, and Stannis is pissed. He really wants the castle. Um, And he shares this, his, the plan that, Alistair Florent, who had sided with Renly initially, um, was that the plan is, which is uh, like these people, <laughs> let's get Courtney's sick elderly father, Lord Penrose, and hang him in front of him, and that'll teach him. Well, again, just like the phrase yeah. with at River Run, who are you know propping Edmure up to like, it, it's just yeah, like, like the same crap, and and Davos. It does not think this is a good idea. And I, I kind of like, I respect it, you know, because a yes man would have been like, yeah, let's do it. That sounds great. Davos is like, um, you know, he doesn't think this will be effective. And he talks about this bringing dishonor 
to them, which I think is code for what the hell is wrong with you. Yeah. Um, and he holds his ground and I think, and Stannis appreciates them for it. And then it get, always gets a little weird with the two of them when they reminisce about the good old times when Stannis chopped off, you know, the fingers <laughs> yes! and how the, Davos has uh, him still the bones like, around his neck. Uh, it's the like, best oh my God. day of his life. <laughs> like what the hell is wrong with you? You know? Um, and they talk and it's, it, you get a, yeah, it's through Davos that we understand Stannis. I think too, we get a sense that, Stannis is aware that the lords who are backing him now are, you know, they will side with anyone. And he said he hasn't forgotten them for who they really are. And they talk a little bit about um, Stannis wants to know what the opinions of the small folk are about who have heard the um, stuff about uh, Cersei and Jaime. And, you know, Davos is like, okay, well, they cheered for, you know, you, but I don't know if they really care or believe that. And he, he it's also, there's the story about Patchface and Solis being the parents of Solis, uh, Shireen is circulating. And Stannis, I think, you know, I, he's annoyed, but I don't think he, you know, he's like, whatever. And there's, I, I, I I apologize. I've got a bunch of stuff I wanted to read out because I love the passages so mm-hmm. much. But he's he's talking and he's like, Robert could piss in a cup and men would call it wine. But I offer them pure cold water and they squint in suspicion and mutter to each other about how queer it tastes. Stannis ground his teeth. Um, we get more about the nightmares he's been having about Renly. And it, it sounds like he knows, like, whether he's, I, I'm unclear, like, if he's conscious of, you know, what his involvement was in this, but he he remembers sort of being in the tent. And, I mean, he was asleep when Renly was killed, but he feels like he was there. Well, and, he, it, you know, a green tent candles, a woman screaming, you know, yeah. like, Brienne, that's Brienne, or, you know, yeah. Pat, but really Brienne, and, Yeah. And he then, um, he talks about his nightmares about Renly and it sounds, or sorry, I said that already. Um, the stuff about the peach comes up Mm. and this is another passage I wanted to read, (sighs) which was only Renly could vex, vex me. So with a piece of fruit, he brought his doom on himself with his treason, but I did love him Davos. I know that now I swear. I, I know that now I swear I will go to my grave thinking of my brother's peach um, and it, you know, it, it's interesting to see this kind of reevaluation or, you know, rethinking of Renly. I mean, I don't think he has any idea what Renly meant of it, but like that, that bit of, ugh, there's both, like, this is like the Proudwing story. Like for all of the, you know, Stannis kind of being just like this cold fish, there's these moments where you just are like, oh, Stannis, like a little bit of, a little bit more of that in your life. And you know, your life would have been so much easier. Well, uh, clearly, I mean, he feels guilt because if he right. wouldn't, if he, if he were a sociopath or a psychopath or whatever the reasoning is, I mean, he'd be like, yeah, he's dead. It was great. You know, and he wouldn't have these nightmares. He wouldn't be thinking these things. And just the way he just doesn't understand, like he doesn't understand his brothers and he doesn't like, he doesn't like he 
understands that everyone likes Robert more, but he doesn't actually know why. Or, you know, that everyone likes Remy more, but it's like he just can't comprehend why. Because, you know, like, hey, he, you know, he's, yeah, he, he doesn't get it. It's, it's, yeah. it's yeah. interesting to me. Well, and it's, it's, it's the, uh, he knows his brothers have the charisma that he lacks, but he can't understand. Like, like okay. why, hey, like, why am I not getting more credit for, you know, for Storm's End? Like, why don't people love me for, you know, withstanding that siege? Like, what is it about me that I, you know, why, what is it about me that people don't like? Like, that's what he doesn't, you know, he just, which, I mean, and I don't even know if you could articulate it to him. Why? Well, and if you like, don't, you tell him. But it, it's sort of like, if you lack charisma, there is nothing you can do to get it. Yeah. It's like something you have or you don't have. So then like, and he knows this, he knows he doesn't have it. So he's tried to make up for it in ways that are logical. Like he's not wrong, you know, he's not wrong with a lot of the things. Like he did hold that castle. He went through that whole horrible siege. He did fight for, you know, but he doesn't get that that's not enough because people are shallow and people do want charisma. And it's a shame because he has, you know, the fact that he seems to like Davos and his advice and tolerates it and has him around him. It means there's something there. I mean, he, the fact that he even does that is like some small indication that he must on some level agree with him or find that useful and want to hear it. I mean, but he just can't well, make the connect. Well, it's a good quality to like not be like, yeah, let's, you know, to only people yourself with yes men, to have somebody whose opinion you trust, who's going to say it like it is or as close as they dare to, and you're not going to kill them for it. Um, it's just, so that's it's kind of funny that the narrative constantly puts Stannis up against people that do, that like are charismatic leaders. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he goes from, you know, living in Robert's shadow to, to, to being around Renly and then, you know, he's with John at the wall. Like, yeah. I would love to see him live long enough to meet Danny because I feel like that would just like flip <laughs> him in fury. It's like the big so boss much. of char- charisma. Oh, and she <laughs> would hate him so much. <laughs> going up. I don't know that she would hate him. I, I don't know. I don't I mean, think as she a would... Baratheon, yes, but like... But would she even like... I don't, I don't know she'd... that she'd appreciate him. I, I mean, I don't know that she. No, but she would. Ab- you know who she would love is Davos. Like yeah. she would absolutely yeah. appreciate. Yeah. Which is so funny because I mean, like they're not like Stannis and Danny are not like necessarily like they both have that idea. They they both get to that idea of leadership as service. You know, so I mean, they have yeah. some, like really important things in common. That would but, actually oh be God, an interesting combo, her. like him as yeah. her advisor. Oh, that would be... Oh, and I well, just no. think he would... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the fights would yeah, be epic. It would just be, like, the last thing that... He, it would be, like, the straw that breaks him would be, like... <laughs> like and, I mean, he hasn't, you know, he hasn't really met Mance, but, I mean, that's not an impossibility that he could meet Mance in the very near future, oh, yeah. too. So, yeah. yeah, the narrative just keeps putting him against these people that have that quality that he lacks. Like, I just, just, I just like, want him. him a I, little oh, bit. God, I just want Or even Asha, to for that like... matter, is a very charismatic oh, leader. Yeah. And he's baffled by her, you know, as well. Yeah. So, yeah, he just keeps going against, like, I mean, Jamie would freaking, like, just, you know, he would not know what to make of 
Well, he probably back. knows him quite well, actually, yeah. because oh, they yeah. were at court together. But yeah. Mm-hmm. But just the idea of like, why do people, you know, this guy fucked his sister and, you know, propped up their kids on the phone. Why are people following him? Like, why do they like him? Oh, poor Stannis. Um, they, they go to, um, Stannis, they go to his tent to talk. It's, it's a plain tent. It's not anything, you know, super fancy. And Stannis is aware he has to take the castle back and he has to do it quickly. And he says, can we just stop for a second that when they go into the tent, he orders cold water for two. (laughs) Well, and then, and then Devin brings the water. And Stannis puts salt in his. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the hell? Oh my god. Oh, anyway. um, yeah. <laughs> Quite the refreshment there. There's a line Davos took his water straight. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, Stannis, you know, says if Courtney dies, his replacement would yield. And then we get at this point they're by themselves. Um and we learn that Mel has, quote unquote, seen Courtney's death. Mm. Um, she's also seen Brenly destroying his armies at King's Landing, um, which Stannis, I think, interprets as this is a possibility that's now been quashed, except we know that, like, what's going to happen. Um, so we have a question about this from sure. Cardinal Girl 75 on the Discord. Um, they asked, if the flames do not lie, as Stannis and Melisandre keep insisting, why do they think they prevented that vision of Renly smashing Stannis' host in King's Landing by killing him? Or do they not think they prevented it? Hmm. Um, Davos says that it's not possible for both futures involving Renly to come true. And Stannis says he's wrong about that because men can men can cast more than one shadow across the future. Well, I think she, she thinks she's seen a possibility, and that's why she had, you know whatever happened between them to, you know, produce the shadow baby the first time um, to I mean, kill, kill Renly. But I, I mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Renly's host does smash Stannis in King's Landing, though. Yes, like, and, and Sir Lor- like, and Loris is wearing Loris. Renly's armor. Yeah, like... Because it's so. not like, if, if you listen, um, I don't have the book handy, um, I didn't write that passage down, but... The vision is of Renly in his green armor, which I presume yeah. is like with the helm shot and everything. Well, so there's it not. Was, it was Garland, right? Was, wasn't Garland wearing Renly's armor? Yeah, it's whoever's wearing the armor. Yeah. But I mean, it's there's no. I'm guessing because George is fanatic about like helmets and stuff that the yeah. visor's down. So she she thinks she knows what she saw, but she doesn't, right? Right, like she does see the future. She just thinks that, like, she thinks that she misinterprets it. Right, as she, you know, as she often does, which is interesting. I thought, you know, so I thought, you know, Davos' advice in this situation eventually was like, just forget about Storm's End, take care of King's Landing, and then Storm's End will just yield to you because, like, what, you know, you're going to be the king, like, whatever. Mm. And they they poo poo that. And, you know, thinking, back to what's happening in Harrenhal in the West, like if Stannis had just left here and went to King's Landing, like there would have been no time for anyone to come to the rescue. Like he right. would have taken King's Landing, yeah. right? Like 
Yeah, okay. because Tyrion is not yet at this point. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, the preparations well, aren't right. being made yet, you know, or at least and they're not Tywin's, in a place. And Tywin's heading west. Yeah. Like, they turn around to come back. So, I mean, if Stannis and by that point, now, that, you know, possession's nine-tenths of the law. It's a lot harder to dislodge someone when they're in the seat of power. Right. Yeah. Because they would have owned the sea. And, yeah. I mean, so it's like Davos actually, like, if he would have listened to him, actually, it would have probably been okay. And then yeah. I'm guessing that more people would have defected to Stannis if he right. were holding King's Landing. So then again, yeah, we've solved and it. I this mean, would have solved right. it. <laughs> well, and the first thing you do if you're Stannis is you send a raven to River Run to Rob and be like, okay, you know, let's chat, but like, let's smash. Lannister, like let's finish yep. up the Lannisters together, and then you know, you know, I'll support you up north to finish up the Greyjoys, right? And I mean, Rob's going to take that at this point, and he probably maybe the King of the North thing would have been less of a deal breaker, and maybe yeah. they could have. Okay, someone go write that. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a boring story at that point. Well, yeah. it depends. It depends what happens. It depends what happens with Danny. I mean, you still have the threat yeah. from beyond the wall. Mm. I mean, there's still plenty of stuff that could go horribly wrong. I feel but... like it's most relevant, Justin, again, showing that, you know, Mel is certainly not, like, while she certainly displays, like, incredible magic, she's not infallible and, like, Actually, you know, her reading comprehension test here, you know, if that's the equivalent, her reading the visions isn't actually that good. Well, as we've been doing this, this reread through A Clash of Kings, we've had a number of characters. We've had Jojen. We've had Quaith. We've had various characters with the ability to predict the future. Yeah. And, you know, they make mistakes, which is why they probably are never real direct. I mean, that's so, you couch stuff in a certain way and or you don't understand what you see. If you She's arrogant, her. though. I mean, yeah. I think with her, it's like, you know, she believes in absolutes. She is she is totally convinced she's in the right. And I think, like, she's just like, well, this is what I saw. This is what we need to do. And she's not, like, a lot of times in fiction, you'll have the character who's the, the prophet, the seer or whatever with the powers, who's sort of like, you know, off to the side or you have to go to the, the oracle to consult them or whatever. But she's planted herself right in the middle of the action and she's like clearly an active advisor. Yeah. So I, mean, I think that's a big piece of it. Bear. So yeah. if you guys had to like, sort of get behind one of our various fortune tellers in Clash? Like, who are you going with? Like, I kind of am, like, on the Jojen train here. <laughs> he's too creepy for me. <laughs> and he's way too much with the, like, well, it's inevitable, it's going to happen. I can't deal with that. <laughs> you need a little great, you need a little wiggle room. <laughs> well, I, you know, like, if you're going to have these visions, you're clearly having them for a reason. So either shut the fuck up about them, excuse me, or like, you know, at least Mel is trying to do something. It's the wrong thing. And I find her vile in many ways. But I mean, so you're joining the <laughs> actually, <laughs> no, I think I'm more with of the three. Honestly, Quaith is the least annoying to me. And I don't like Quaith. Okay. So um, but uh, what about you, Clotho? Uh, 
Is there anybody else? <laughs> like Maggie the I Frog or like... something? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess her. Maggie the Frog. She's like got, she's got the most fun one. Yeah. Like, you know, personal base. <laughs> like, she just does it to, like, ruin individual people's lives, which is kind of fun. Yeah, I guess I guess Maggie yeah. yeah. Like, she's a small time. Or, you know, like, the the ghost of heart of High Hill or whatever. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. High like Heart, that. yeah. Yeah, yeah of High Heart. Yeah, there's like, quite a know, few like, little small time ones. <laughs> yeah. Got their niche. So, <laughs> let's go back. Um, so, uh, Stannis and Davos do chat privately, and Stannis is aware that Davos does not. Davos does not like Melisandra and he's aware she has issues. Not that he phrases it that way, but um, he says she serves. Davos is like, well, how does she serve? Yeah. He's like, he does it, but he does want to hear it. Like, he's like, <laughs> like, Oh, Give me some um, and the, Stannis tells Davos, he needs him to be a smuggler again. He needs to take um, Melisandre in a boat to the way he got in the first time uh, at night unseen uh, because he has to have Edric, which Mel has also seen. And that just makes me, ugh. people hurting children is just, oh, um, and Davos really, really does not want to do this, uh, but he does so uh, reluctantly Um and he talks about, or he thinks about how when he did this the first time, he was bringing onions and sort of life to Storm's End, and this time he's bringing death to Storm's End. Um, and he and Melisandre have this very annoying conversation, and he's like, I don't have any part in this. And she's like, well, you are involved. You're, you know, you're rowing me there. You're bringing me there. <laughs> and I um, loved that, though. Like, I loved that she was like, you're not, like... You're part of this. Like, don't yeah, pull this his, bullshit. Yeah. Like, you're, you know, you've made this choice to do this, too. And she's not, like, letting him play. I mean, frankly, like, you know, Stannis, you know, Stannis, when he's dreaming of Renly, talks about how his hands were clean, which is, you know, super yeah. irritating. And she it's kind of funny that she obviously hasn't, like, had that conversation with him. But, she yeah. was, you know, making damn sure that Davos knows that. You know, his hands are quite dirty here as well. Yeah. Um, and she asks if he's a good man. And he answers, I think, honestly, you know, like, and I didn't, I should have read this part because it's quite, I like this very much. But he's like, you know, he's, he's a guy. He tries to be good to his kids and his wife. And he admits he's had affairs and stuff like that. But, you know, he's a guy. And. Melisandre refuses to buy that. She says, you're one thing or the other. And if like an onion has rot, it's a rotten onion. It's not, there's not good parts and bad parts. And then he brings up Crescent and Redley and he sort of calls her on it. And he invokes the God of darkness who said is protecting them from observation. And she gets upset. Well, as upset as Melisandre ever gets, she doesn't accept that she's serving the Lord of light and shadows or the servant of light. So we had a question from Buck sure. Hare about that. And just, you know, specifically, what do you make of her argument that shadows are the servant of light? I don't know I thought, enough about, about physics. A, <laughs> I thought it was so cool. because It was very much like, Oh yeah. Like yeah, there's no shadow, like shadows yeah. aren't in the dark. Like you, you know, you need light. Yeah. So I thought that was like kind of I, like a 
you know, I was like, yeah, Mel, you're right. Except, like, you know, they're talking, I mean, she's got this sort of, she's an absolutist. Yeah. She's decided herself, and, and later on, much later, when we finally get a POV chapter, it's like, she doesn't know what the hell she's doing, but she's decided she knows what has to happen. And she's misinterpreting stuff, but she's clear, you know, she doesn't have any doubts about what she does. At least here she doesn't. And she's bringing other people into it who don't have, like, a lot of say. I mean, there's a little boy that they're planning on, you know, she might need. You know, Stannis looks like hell because apparently she's draining him to go make shadow babies. I mean, there's... I don't like religious fanatics in real life, and I don't like them in my fiction either. Um, So that's part of why I can't stand her. Also because she's just sort of nasty about stuff a lot. You know? I, you know, there's some level of me that respects that she's like, no, I'm totally fine. Like, I'm going to go here and kill this person, and, you know, that's what I'm going to do. And I wouldn't do it if I didn't think it was the right thing to do. Like, you know, she's not wishy-washy about it. Um, but, you know, yeah, it, as a, you know, as a human, a real live person, that would be terrifying in fiction. You know, it's like a little bit easier to deal with. Like, okay, you know, she, I, I can like at least respect her um, conviction, let's say. What about you, Clotho? I don't know. I just wonder why he's like, I don't know. It just feels, I just wonder what the ultimate goal of like having all this, you know, just, I'm not anti-magic, but it's just like, I don't know what the point is. It's like, it's sometimes right. It's sometimes wrong. It's, you know, in in the sense of what she's, you know, that, oh, she's seeing things, but she's not seeing the whole thing. I, I don't know. And like, I just kind of yeah, wish it was what, all sham. Like, I and then then the shadow comes out, and it's like, well, if she's doing this, is it just is it evil, and she's perceiving it as not evil? Is it not anything? Is it just like you know, is this this concept of like, oh, there's these entities, and they're just taking advantage of her? You know, kind of like when they <laughs> you see these ghost shows that are like, oh, you know, you do the Ouija board, and you're drawing in something, and it could just be mischievous. I mean, is there is there anything behind this? I mean, just. I don't know if we, I have. A, well, obviously, we're not going to get it. But even if he finished it, will we even get an explanation as to like what that's sort of my thing with all this that makes it difficult? I'm like, I know he's about grays and that like nothing being, oh, this is good and evil. And she's could clearly convinced that it's just the side of good. But so she's just in that way. She's just as like, I think it's too much because her and Stannis are too rigid. You know what I mean? They're too much yeah. of the same. Like, She's 100% convinced he's like this. You know, it's just, there's no, yeah. Well, I, I wish mean, that, oh, go ahead. Go, no, no, Um, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, I wish that we got some perspective from like Blood Raven having visions or thoughts about her. Like, I wish that she was on his radar because the yeah, way you, you know, think if she with would him, be. Yeah. Yeah. With him being, you know, his visions that, you know, he's showing Bran being so integral to the beginning of the story. And, you know, Mel, Mel, certain, it's not like Mel's in this to get Stannis to be king. Like she, you know, no, she, she has her goals. As, yeah. Yeah. As like Azora high, like saving the world and stuff too. So like what, 
what would they think of, you know, what would they think of each other? You know, just because we have, you know, I don't know that you ask, you know, is the Lord of light the only God? I mean, it doesn't seem like she believes that. It seems like that's the one she's chosen to worship, but not that it yeah. necessarily negates like the old God's existence. For Yeah. Example. That's why I'd be curious whether she, yeah. you know, what her beliefs so are like, as that. Yeah. yeah. So do they, you know, well, I, I think do they stand- exist in the same reality. Yeah. I mean, I think like Stannis sees her as a tool and she sees he, him as one, you know, yeah. for their, their mutual ends. I mean, it's interesting because he's an atheist, even with all of this. He knows she's got power, but he doesn't believe in God. So weird. Yeah, and, that's so weird. And I mean, yeah. she's willing, like, if Stannis, you get the sense, clearly, that if Stannis isn't the Lord of Light, she's going to switch to the next one, which presumably right, I mean, is John. John, right. Like, you know, very, so you know, it, there's no personal, like... Like she's you know, not in love with him, you know, and, <laughs> I, and he's not in love with her either. It's right. just, you know, I think he's fascinated by her. I think he finds her hot, but I don't think he's like, you know. Yeah, he's so yeah. So she, I would love to see, or even just you know, like our Marwins, our you know, those other kind of magical characters that we've been yeah. introduced to, or to even see a sense of her within like some of the visions that you know danny gets but we don't ever yeah you know, like, like the big scheme Stannis. of things yeah yeah like where because she seems like a big you know she kind of seems like a big deal which would be hilarious if she was like some small time you know small time <laughs> little shadow binder or whatever you know? well i mean we do get i mean like in her pov chapter we learn that you know she's using like tricks to yeah. make things impressive you know she's got powders and potions and things she's doing it's not all you know convening with the powers of you know light and getting to i mean that would actually be kind of more interesting if it turned out that it was all just like oh okay just a little like you said like small time little demon thing it's it's sort of like she's like a yeah a combination of um I don't know, David Copperfield and Palpatine. I mean, yeah, like, yeah. you know, she can yeah. do some stuff, yes. but she needs the little Gosh. like magic, you know, like in the yeah. the showmanship showmanship I mean, sense of yeah. magic. I guess when it comes down to it, I I feel like maybe I don't hate Mel because like she she genuinely and honestly believes in what she's doing. Like she doesn't have. I mean. You know, it's one thing, like, she doesn't have any doubts about her vision and she's misinterpreting it. But in terms of, like, her cause and whatnot, like, she 100% believes that she is here to, you know, find the new Azora High, like, save the world, essentially. Just in given how easily she's able to switch from Stannis to John when, you know, she's, it seems like that's who it is. Like, okay. Well, I mean, she's a fanatic and fanatics are total. I mean, she's totally cool with let's burn a bunch of people as sacrifices. That's fine with her. You know, I mean, but yeah, she does have the courage of her convictions. So, and clearly um, to segue into the last part of the chapter, she's willing <laughs> to really go the extra mile uh, which honestly, I think this is one thing the show really did a really good job with. Um, <laughs> so they're in this boat having their theological, philosophical arguments, and they get to their destination. And she's been wearing this robe that's like covered her from like head, you know, basically neck down. And she strips off her robe, and to Davis's shock, she is stark naked and hugely pregnant. And she gives birth and. 
Um, well, we have our, well, what turns out to be our second shadow baby. What I love, though, is that it's not a baby, because it's like the shadows, you know, basically it's Stannis. Yeah. But, like, not baby Stannis. Like, oh, sorry. Well, I'm, I'm going with fandom's description of the, the shadow right. baby. It's, it's no, yeah. But it's so much funnier to me that it's, like, full-grown adult. Stannis, apparently. Unless it's just a very large baby, which would also be hysterical. <laughs> Giant status baby. <laughs> Crawling out of her um, lady parts. Yeah, because that's... Oh. Giant baby with the, with the adult face of Stannis. <laughs> Creepy! <laughs> I, this is also where you know that George is childless because no, like God, every yeah. woman is just like, oh my God, really? The uh, Ugh, yeah. You know, we did have another question from Buckle Hair about, um, you know, about how the how making the the baby really affects Stannis. Like you had talked earlier about yeah. how he looks like, you know, he looks like hell and stuff. And like, does it take like extra to do this? Like, you know, it's not like we hear of like. Oh, my wife got pregnant. That's why I'm so haggard because it was so difficult on me. <laughs> like, why is this so much more difficult on his body? I guess because <laughs> I think isn't it taking Draining from his like essence. life force and his probably whatever. So it's not just his sperm. It's his yeah. Life no, form. I think yeah, it's more than that. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's like I think the idea of king. Well, and there's where I'm going to conflate show and book, but like the idea of king's blood. Which is why they uh, yeah, want yeah. Edric, because Edric mm-hmm. is Robert's bastard. Mm-hmm. And it's not just, I, I mean, Stannis may want Edric because he's Robert's bastard and he's a threat. But I think Mel wants him because, you know, he's King's got King's blood, blood yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, uh. yeah it, it's, you know, it's sort of like, how does you know the Stannis have this plausible deniability about about this and um how you know <laughs> well did they have a conversation where she's like I need to sleep with you so that I could <laughs> right. like you know that way I can get pregnant and birth this baby and or this this creature right. who's gonna and, like oh or does she it, not tell him like she does it well, and just sort if of he doesn't alludes to. Like, he doesn't seem, from the conversation he has with Davos, and he does seem to be honest with Davos about these things, at least up to this point. You know, this he doesn't, he clearly does, I mean, like, he's freaked out by these nightmares. I don't think he, I think he knows Mel did something, but I don't think he knows exactly what yeah it's more because he says i did my do i do my duty so does he yeah somehow describe that but she maybe she didn't go into details like she said well we have to do this but it's this informed consent and like um like an irb research sense like okay we're gonna take your sperm and this is what we're gonna do with it and you you know you're signing away your rights or did she just say Blah blah blah, something big and like impressive. Ritual, I've yeah. seen it in the shadows, or yeah. I've seen it in the fire, and and he just slept with her, and he didn't know. I don't know. I mean, he I'm feels like, guilt. That is a good point. So he much? knows he was involved, and he knows yeah. he signed off on it. But does he know? And like, what's the gestational period here? Because it doesn't <laughs> seem fast. like well, it's definitely right, not nine it seems months. Like it's- 
like a day. You know, like, <laughs> well, yeah, because she's off riding with them, right. and she's described as I mean, there's nothing unusual about her appearance right. in terms of like being hugely and she's carrying his standard. And it's funny because so, Davos says at one point, "Who rode your last boat?" Like it's just funny that he says that. Like who rode you to the la- the last time? She, oh no, I just I just walked over there randomly. Well, them. it was interesting you because know? it was like <laughs> like who helped you last had, time? <laughs> I mean, I thought it was interesting, just that little part of it, because of, like, the magical, like, the, you know, apparently actual magical protections that Storm's End, that she had to be within the walls for this to work, which, again, you know, if we, you know, think about the world building, well, Bran the Builder built Storm's End and Winterfell, so, you know, is there going to be a case where she has to be at Winterfell in order, you know, in order Hmm. for something like, do we need to know that for the future or anything? Yeah, that would, that's a good thing. Yeah, that is. It's interesting. Hmm. But yeah, I assume the gestational period's like, like a couple (laughs) hours, maybe. Sounds like, God, what would that do to your body? I mean, even if it's magic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And just, I'm thinking of my friends who had 10 pound babies. I'm just, yeah. So like, do they wait for it to come back? Like what happened to this shadow? Does it just like, yeah, that would be interesting to know. Does it do its thing? And it's just like disappears. Right. And then like, imagine the conversation on the boat ride back. Does she need to rest? There's like postpartum, you know, she's just take it easy for a few. Does she need a physiotomy? Yeah. Oh gosh. Just like eyes forward, you know, or do they wait there because assuming that, you know, he's going to die, they could just like chill there. I mean, I assume and then, like someone back. comes down and lets them in. I don't know. Right. <laughs> I don't think so either. But like that must have been one hell of an awkward boat ride back. Like <laughs> Davos is like sailing and rowing. He's seen some things and he doesn't want to see any more ever right? again. Yeah. Like poor, mm. you know. Poor Davos is just like, oh my god, I can't, you know, like, and it's funny though, you know, because he actually sees this real magic, and yeah. you don't necessarily mm. see it changing. I mean, he doesn't have it, you know. Yeah, that's true. You don't really he see doesn't... it changing, like his perception of her. Yeah, he didn't go think... like all like, don't, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like this. Right, and you would kind of think like, convert. Maybe <laughs> you, you would be like, well, I might, you know, I saw a miracle. I'm gonna convert, you know. <laughs> That I think he's, I think maybe that's part of the reason why he and Stannis get along. It's like they have this very practical worldview. I mean, even in the face of magic yeah. and power, I mean, I don't. And I think also that's what makes him one of Davos, one of my favorite characters is because he's a profoundly human being well, in the best sense yeah. of the word. And he has his principles and he's not just going to. Like, okay, I'm going to do whatever the Lord of Light said. Let's go. I mean, that's not who he is. And I suppose, you know, to get back to that earlier question about the impact on Stannis, like, it must be like, you know, he's done two of these pretty close together. And so it must not be possible for him to produce another one to, like, go kill Joffrey or something. Then, you know, because that would seem like why. Which is why I think they want, you know, Mm. I presume that's part of the reason why she wants Edric. Also, like, how much does your army suck, Stannis? Like, seriously, you have to, like, do tricks all the time? Like, <laughs> Well, I think God. they set that up pretty well. I mean, I, I think they did kind of get to the point of, like, he feels he needs his castle and he needs it now. 
He doesn't want to do a siege. He's got to get the men. You know, I think he feels like he can't wait around. And he wouldn't go up against Renly, though, either. Like, does Mel keep seeing his defeat? And then they've got to, uh, you know, like, his well, men are and, never tested. All of these men, either. most of these men are, like, I mean, well, the Estermonts are his um, in-laws. But, like, the Florence and stuff, that's Solis's crew. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, you know, he's but probably Mel working on him day and night, and when she's not nagging at him, Solis is probably there. So there's like, well, and I mean, he's aware. He doesn't have charisma. I mean, he's a practical guy. Now, he probably should have taken the deal Sir Courtney had with the champion thing, but... Was he the master of ships on Robert? No, I don't think... Oh, maybe he was. Because Renly was laws. I think Stannis was ships. Was ships, mm. yeah, I think you're right. So you've... I, you know, it's like you might have more. Co- I guess maybe he would have more confidence in his ability to win, like a sea-based battle at King's Landing, rather than a straight-up sea. I mean, and obviously, like he well, of all people knows how knows. difficult to break a siege at Storm's End is. So, and also, some of those people in that castle are old enough that he would have known them. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah, is I he mean, gonna the put them through that? I mean, he's right. His deal here. I mean, like he's. Yeah. He's willing to like pardon them all, and you know, like no, not well, even gonna. The same thing with Jamie. Like neither of them want to like go and kill all these people in the castle, and they also have a certain respect for them compared to like their allies. Like yeah. right, yeah. exactly. Know, Courtney Penrose and the Blackfish are both far more appealing foes than their so-called allies of you know the Freys or the Florence. So it's sort of, you know, it's yeah, it's kind of the same thing. So you know, maybe you know. You know, there's that whore in the camps. Maybe Jamie should have tried some shadow baby shit. <laughs> what like. she, yeah. Um, or I guess Edmure is the equivalent of the shadow baby in this in that scenario. Oh, but it is funny how cl- how those how close he writes those those scenarios. Do we have any mail? Those are the rest of our questions. Right. Well, if you would like to send us a message or a question, you can do so at close the door and at gmail.com, or you can send us an anonymous message at close the door and come here.tumblr.com. You can tweet us at door podcast. Uh, we love reviews on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to us. Uh, we also want to thank our Patreons at patreon.com uh, slash close the door. Thank you to our panel and thank you for listening. I'm closing the door. Get out.